0: Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
1: Our family has grown. Welcome to the world, Hannah Baby. Introducing a new collection, Hannah Soft, made with Tencel. It's so breathable, with stretchy comfort for all of baby's first moments. And it's cool and gentle on their skin all year round. Entrusted Hannah quality for your most precious gift. Hannah soft made to last shop now at dot Let's move into another one of my buys and that's Damian Pierce. Oh, here we go. Over the last three games, Damian Pierce put up modest numbers. He's averaging only 14.6 PPR fantasy points per game. That's in fantasy points per game over the last three games. And his usage, though, reflects a running back who is being used at a much better rate than what his fantasy finishes have suggested. So he wasn't targeted this past week at all. But the four weeks prior, six targets, five targets, four targets, five targets. And his role, he didn't have the two-minute offense before that, before these past two weeks. And his role just dramatically changed over the last two weeks, and he got that two-minute offense. He got the two-minute role which is going to be huge for a team who stinks, who is going to be down in a lot of games, right? They were they were in that Philly game, okay? But that's not going to happen that often, okay? That was a trap game for Philly, but they Philly ended up coming out on top, but late in that game. Um, last two weeks, approaching 80% of snaps, running around on nearly 60% of dropbacks. Um, so he's in line to get a lot more volume in the pass game moving forward. Uh, the Texans are going to continue to lose games, so he's someone who I think you can buy money back, and I think he's not necessarily considered an RB one, a low end RB one. I'm viewing him as a low end RB one right now, and I think he's being considered as an RB two, like a every week RB two that you start, maybe a high end RB two. But I think there's a little bit of arbitrage there when it comes to Damian Pierce because over the last three weeks, if you're only averaging 14.6 PBR fantasy points per game, that's yeah. not a that's not an RB that's not an RB one, right? That's somebody who you know, you can start every week. That's Miles Sanders numbers right there, right? But you wouldn't consider Miles Sanders an RB1. Um, So it's one of those things where, like, his role is a lot more valuable than what he's been outputting over the last couple weeks. So if you're looking for one of those high-end running backs, he's somebody that I'm looking to buy.
0: Yeah, so he's like a sports car and used car a lot i think for me that's the way i kind of look at him because you know he is great you know we oh, look at that him- meme right
1: it, it's that meme that you keep seeing yeah with that, like like i don't know what kind of car it is but it's like a banging like rolls royce or something yeah like, like in this like like dope house pretty much yeah
0: <laughs> yeah no i know what you're talking about i've seen that one but i'm just saying that's what he is you watch him run oh my god he just looks like so explosive it's like how does this guy not have more touchdowns and then you look it's like oh yeah, this used car lot that he's stuck on, it's the Houston Texans. That's the way <laughs> it's going to be. So that's my problem with him. So he has earned himself a spot in my rankings, you know, in between RB2 and RB1. He's like RB1 and a half. Like there's, you have guys like Dalvin Cook, he's been producing, but he's been he's been a little underproducing. I consider him as an RB1. He's not yeah. Miles Sanders, who is an RB2, but unless the touchdowns come, you know, it's like, he's, he's going to put up a hundred yards on the ground pretty easily every week, the way that they're using him. So he has a super nice floor, but he's really just stuck in his spot. I said I'm calling him; he's my new RB one and a half. That's why <laughs> so I. So like he, he's fine; uh, he's going to be fine. And like I said, I've talked about this last week when I said to sell Damian Pierce, and you said that you were buying Damian Pierce, You're still buying Damian Pierce. It's the touchdown upside that he lacks that makes me say he's not going to have the ceiling of other guys, but he's also not going to be as volatile as a guy like Miles Sanders.
1: Yeah, I think those touchdowns will come. I think they like he'll he'll own like. 65% of their touchdowns <laughs> at the end
0: of the year. <laughs> That's the way That's it kinda, should be with, yeah. with the guys that are on that offense at this point. You know, Davis Mills, he should be, he should start throwing touchdowns. To Damien's if, if Davis Mills starts throwing touchdowns to Damien Pierce, I'll move him up in the RB one, but right now, RB one and a half.
1: RB one and a half. I love it. All right, let's move on to one of your cells. Go for it.
0: All right. So one of my cells, and this one might be a bit controversial, just like my cell last week of Damien Pierce. This week I'm selling Tony Pollard and, That might seem a little weird. You're not going to be able to move him individually. So I'm not saying that you're going to go offer, you know, Tony Pollard for a guy like Damian Pierce. It's not going to happen. You're not going to get that type of thing. Um, But, and we're going to go back to our conversation we had last week's episode too. He's a fantastic side piece in the trade offer. After his big game against Chicago, he was on bye, So, you know, nothing really happened to his value. But Elliott is supposed, Ezekiel Elliott is supposed to be back versus Green Bay. Now, I'm not sure if that's going to happen. You know, he's returning to practice this week. I think he's supposed to practice today. So we'll get reports and see how he's looking there. But he's supposed to be back. And if he does come back, he said he's going to be in a brace. He could be limited a little bit more. So that could leave the door open for Tony Pollard to kind of dominate this backfield a little bit more than he usually does. Leverage that uncertainty with what's going to happen to sell Pollard. Because with a 33-point performance, you know, in the rearview now, and that's the last performance they had, the stock is really way up. You know, and if Zeke... As soon as he comes back and is healthy, he's going to start getting those those money touches again. And Tony Pollard is going to go back to handcuff value. He's also yet to receive more than 16 opportunities in a game. Tony Pollard is. And we talked about that a little bit last week. The passing attack in Dallas is also heating up with Dak Prescott back. So I would take advantage of his value where it's sitting right now and, you know, move him for a more secure asset um, player for the rest of the season.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm with you. And, you know, and this goes back to what we talked about, right? Like the coaches even came out, his offensive coordinator even came out and said that, you know, he's not an every down back, basically. Like he's going to max out at, you know, a certain number of snaps per game, which is not what you want to hear.
0: Yeah. I actually saw a report after the podcast. I actually came out and defended Tony Pollard. It was like, you know, he'll be fine. He just has to keep getting that work, you know? But I read the reports afterwards. The exact words, I think, of the running back coach was that he was gassed. And he was out of he was like out of gas and he was tired that he right. couldn't keep going. So maybe it, I, I didn't think that would be a problem for an NFL player after yeah. just 14, 15 touches. But if that's the case, then, yeah, maybe it's time, you know, to sell Tony Pollard. I, I was a little bit more I was a little taken aback by that report because I thought yeah. it was just a usage thing. That's how they were going to use him. But if it was actually, you know, him being fatigued, that could be an issue.
1: It can be. It can be for sure. Billy 80 is asking, uh, what could I get for Pollard and Pittman Sutton? So if you combine Pollard and Pittman or Pollard and Sutton, can you get a wide receiver one? I don't think so. I don't yeah. think so. Now, sh- can you throw an offer for Saint Brown? Yeah, sure. Like, go for it. See what you can get. Um, but I, I I don't think you'll be able to get a, 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 a solid RB2. Like, maybe you can get Miles Sanders, right? Someone in that range. You might be able to get someone like that. Because right now Pittman and Sutton, it, they're really hard to sell, right? You yeah. can buy these guys pretty easily if you wanted to, but you can't really sell them like like that. But Miles Sanders might be a luxury running back that some teams have as their RB three, yeah. Right? Uh, you might be able to buy someone like that. Um, you might be able to buy like. Are there any other? It, it looks like he they're look he's looking for a wide receiver, right?
0: Yeah.
1: Right. So receivers in in that you know wide receiver two ish tier that you can potentially buy with these two guys.
0: Yeah. So for me I'm looking at it if you want to talk about a running back you could buy I thought about while you're talking about it was if you want to shoot for upside I do a heat check and see what you could if you can get DeAndre Swift maybe just because mm. once he's healthy that could work. You know, he's been letting fantasy managers down for a few weeks, and we're not sure what the outlook is for these next few weeks coming up. But once he's healthy, I think he's going to look good and much better than what Pollard or Pittman combined is going to do for you. So I, I think that you could maybe shoot for Swift, do a heat check, see what they're thinking. If it's worse, if they want less, great. If they want more, I'd maybe, you know, just lay off. But that that kind of deal for me, if, if that was on the table, I would take it. And then for a receiver, I think with, you know, Pittman, Sutton, and Pollard, I'd target a guy like DK Metcalf, maybe, you know, he he's not producing in a huge way right now, but the offense is still very good in Seattle. They're going to be able to score plenty of points. And he I think might he be a little tough a to do. Sorry, what's that? That might be a little tough to do. That might it be might a little be. tough to do. It might be, you know, but you'll hear about me. What about, I'm gonna talk, sorry. What I'm gonna about talk a guy about like
1: Pittman. Chris Olave? Maybe, you know, like he's not as valuable as DK. Maybe you can, I would aim high. Like, I feel like that might be undoable also not really mm-hmm. doable. Uh, T Higgins, maybe uh, a wide receiver that you can get for these guys. Alan Lazard, Brandon Ayuk. Um, What about Gabe Davis? Would you sell Pollard and Pittman slash Sutton for Gabe Davis?
0: I don't know. You know, I, I don't think I would because this is what happens. I think Pittman is Davis without the upside. You know what I'm saying? Mm, but yeah, the yeah. floor is valuable enough with Pittman, I think. And right. like I said, I'm going to talk about him in a couple minutes why don't you just
1: go for it dude you would we we mentioned Pittman a couple times here just go for it
0: all right so another guy I'm buying you know with Pittman and I was talking about you know I think Pittman is Gabe Davis without the upside but at this point the floor is much better than Gabe Davis I'm buying Michael Pittman this week um the Colts offense if you've been watching it has hit rock bottom officially you know and the only way left to go with nine weeks left in the season is up that's all the way they can go otherwise it's going to be more of the same we've seen head coaching changes across the league you know especially in Carolina it revived the fantasy value of DJ Moore I think it could do the same thing maybe for Michael Pittman obviously it was a it's an interesting hire that the Colts brought in but you know we'll see how it goes um, I'll give them the benefit of the doubt. Even with dismal production, Pittman is still comfortably in the lead of Colts pass catchers with target share. He's at 22% last week. He had 39%, I think, share of the week before. Uh, so things are looking good. It's not like anybody's creeping up on him, breathing down his neck, and taking his targets away. There's a better chance that Matt Ryan can come off the bench and add some juice than not, I think, because at this point, the Sam Ellinger experiment is over. We've seen what we need to see. You know, it doesn't look like he's the guy. I think the Colts are going to end up, you know, targeting quarterback in next year's draft. Um, I I think that's going to be the way it's going to be. But with nine weeks left to play, like I said, the only way to go is up. And Michael Pittman's still getting the targets. He hasn't completely sold you out. You know, he's still catching a few passes each game and doing what he needs to do. If Matt Ryan comes back, I like him to kind of return to wide receiver two relevance. I think he could do that. If he's not a low-end wide receiver two, I think he'll he'll find a nice little home as a mid-wide receiver two if Matt Ryan comes back. So I'm buying Michael Pittman. His price is so low right now because the offense just has not been good.
1: That's really what it comes down to. You know, sometimes you got to kick, kick the tires on guys who are just like have no value, that people have no – they don't want anything to do with them. Yeah. However, when they're in a situation where you know they're going to be the target leader and they're good players and they're good talents, you know, you might want to just buy them, right? Michael Payton was doing his thing this year. He's lead, He was leading them in targets the week before with Sam Ellinger. He had 40% target share. They're going up against the, against the pass last week. You know, it's the worst – possible young quarterback so you know it, it's one of those situations to buy and i have a feeling that matt ryan's going to be back if ellinger can't get it done yeah. i have a feeling it's going to happen i said I, I i don't think they just let him like struggle and the offense just completely like lose it over the yeah. last like they still have like seven games left on the season eight games left on the season so i, I wouldn't expect that to happen
0: yeah that, that, it's too long an amount of time for them to just let ellinger flop around out there on the field you know what i'm saying i think that Ellinger, if he's still out there, it's going to it's gonna kind of be edging on um, tanking territory for me because they'll know that maybe they're just trying to cover up their tank as like, oh, we want to see what we have in Sam Ellinger, and we'll let him fail for eight weeks in a row, and that'll give us a bad record, and we'll go draft somebody else. Maybe uh, that might be a little collusion right there, but I, I won't speculate. <laughs> just, just something to consider. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you.
1: I doubt that will work, but you yeah. can try it. <laughs> yeah, I don't <laughs> you think you try that's going to work. I, I are very attracted to Gabe Davis' ceiling, and with Josh Allen's arm issues right now, I, it's going to be tough to sell Gabe Davis.
0: Yeah, um, and also with Terrace Marshall. Yes, he's looked good for the past two weeks, but those are the only two good weeks he has in his career. At this point, so it, it's yeah, yeah, that's recency bias. If that trade goes through, let me know. You know, message me on upper hand fantasy because I don't th- on upper hand Zach. Cause I I I'd I'd love to know if that goes through. I don't think it's going to
1: though. Alan in the comments here is asking, How would you package Jonathan Taylor in a deal to upgrade at tight end? And I currently have pits. So here's how I would look at it. There's only one type of team that you can make this deal with, and that's a team who has two good tight ends. Like, yeah. that's it. Like, if you're looking to upgrade at tight end, you need a tight end back. That means that you can only grab a tight end from a team who has two good tight ends. Like, look at teams who have a, a good tight end look at a team who has a good tight end plus, I don't know, um, Dalton Schultz, right? A good mm-hmm. tight end plus... Um,
0: Gerald Evers? the... I, I just said there, Joe Everett. Oh, um sorry. I, I said Joe, uh yeah.
1: Dulcich, Dulcich, maybe like you know, people might be okay with him. There's only a few a handful of teams are gonna have two two tight ends, and no one's really gonna say, like, okay, give me JT and I'll and I'll I'm fine with Pitts as my rest of season tight end, right? Like most teams are not gonna want to do that because most people realize how valuable um the tight end position is, right? Yeah. Um Elias just, just said Frymuth, right? Frymuth is, is another one. Maybe you have a good tight end and Frymuth, right? And then you can target one of those guys. So th- there might be only like two, three teams at most who have a couple tight ends on your roster that's going to be an upgrade over Pitts. I would try to grab their, the not, not so and I want to you know go for the premium tight end that they have, but you go for their second tight end and then you can add JT in there Get that second tight end and then maybe get an RB2 back. That's kind of how you could probably do that. Maybe Damian Pierce, right? Damian Pierce plus Fryer for JT and Pitts. I wouldn't make that deal. Uh, yeah. but let's say Miles Sanders, maybe something like that. Miles Sanders plus a pretty good, pretty damn good tight end for JT and Pitts. Some and I use Miles Sanders as like the 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 staple running back too. Yeah, You know, who like no one wants. Um, that's kind of how I, I'm i looking at it. So that's how I would approach it. You know, when you approach it that way, the world becomes a lot smaller and you can kind of focus on the players that that these teams have. And yeah. you'll realize pretty quickly that oh, maybe only one or two teams want actually will make a deal with you mm-hmm. for JT and Pitts. Not not many people want JT. Some people are willing to buy him. JT isn't too attractive right now, especially because we don't even know if he's going to play this week.
0: Yeah. And the the ceiling, the ceiling to upgrade to, you know, at tight end right now, whoever has Travis Kelsey and whoever has Mark Andrews, they're not gonna move off of them. You know, they have their tight ends, they're not going to move them. There's immovable objects at tight end. I think that your movable range comes in at, you know, Dallas Goddard, Zach Ertz. That's like the ceiling. If I had those guys,
1: I'm not moving them either. Oh, yeah. Especially for JT or Pitts. Yeah, that's what I'm
0: saying. So it's like you're not going to be able to upgrade that much. You know, I'm not sure what He's, but this guy in particular is valuing JT at. I don't value him that high. I don't think that he's. You have I mean, to value
1: I, him as like an RB two,
0: yeah, right now because his trade value, his, his value yeah. week to week is still RB one. You know, in terms of his production value, but as a trade value, you know, it's not going to be anything that high. I don't think that in this situation there are going to be any suitors for you that are going to give you what you want. That's just me.